Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Tyler. We have Jim. What's up, everybody? It's like deja vu all over again. <laughs> what are well, you talking about? Out. For those who don't know, we have been talking. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them. Don't tell them. To be fair, we have been talking for like three minutes. Jim was going to over-exaggerate. It was about three minutes where we spoke about the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then I gave a little timeout signal, noticing that we were not live. Once again, things happen. Donardo just infamously doesn't know how. I don't think he knows how video works. Like, I mean, this, we had the spring training thing. Oh my god! Now this. this again. I just said last night how many times we we even had. You're like we until we have a whole new show. We have a whole new show coming out on Friday, right? Yeah, whole new show coming out Friday. Yep. And you just you posted that the teaser clip for it was you like 30 minutes into the podcast, not realizing yeah. that you were recording. Yeah, Jim, 26 minutes. <laughs> he just sat there, played on his phone while me and Geddes were talking. And then finally, uh, finally, one of us, I don't remember who was, Dinar, are you going to add anything to this? He's like, I didn't know we were live. So here's the thing. Thank you, Jim. That's a good teaser. So we have a new show coming out this Friday, the Clubhouse, where Tyler and I are on, hosted by Geddes. But no, I actually Tyler's I on. I don't know about you. I knew it was being recorded because I hit record, but I hit the record button in the intention of who knows what will get out of this because we were just talking. I was like, I'm gonna hit record. We might get some good. We might get some good teasers out of there. So I hit record, and we just continued talking until 26 minutes in. I realized. That was the show. At least you hit record that time. I that's that's a step yeah. in the right direction. But uh, and anyway, progress, baby. At least we didn't do like this whole. I mean, I even put Kenny's comment on our fake show seven you minutes did? ago. Yeah, you were popping. And, and it was like six minutes. Screen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're live. We got our practice in. We're good. <laughs> this this intro sucked for being done twice. I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, I think take one was better. It probably, probably was. Nice. I don't even remember what we talked about in take one. We said how there's a lot of news. There's not a whole lot that the Pirates actually have done. I mean, I'm just mailing in at this point in time. But there's definitely like a lot to talk about tonight. But again, it's not as if like the Pirates have gone out and actually done stuff. But there's the Johan Oviedo injury we're talking about. There's about five picks. They're not picks, but protection. Uh, the Pirates went out and got a new amateur scout. There's a no. Baseball America updated. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, not scout. Director. Director of amateur scouting. Yeah, whatever. Cal Mitchell was signed I'm about 30 minutes ago, too. I don't know if, if you guys saw that. The Padres signed Cal Mitchell. I feel like he was signed like six hours ago. Maybe. I just saw it like 30 minutes okay. ago. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, can we just break the ice right here? Nobody cares about what's happening right now. Like, if Cal Mitchell gets signed, nobody cares. No one cares. Like, we don't need to sit here and act like it's a big deal or like break down what Cal Mitchell brought. Like, nobody cares. I was just saying it because we were were talking about things that didn't matter, like directors of amateur scouting. 
No, you're right. I'm just, I just want to point out to everybody that is really in depth of what's happening every single ounce of the next month. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, at any rate, where do we want to go first? I mean, do we just want to go right into the Ohan Oviedo news? I think that's the biggest thing to talk that about. That does matter. Yeah. <laughs> That does it matter. matters. Like I said, it's not as if the Pirates have gone out and done a bunch of stuff. There's just a lot of stuff that's happened. Right. But so JC Mackey reported it and said that Did you say JC Mackey? Mackey. Jason. Jim, was I like deaf there for a second? Did I hear JC Mackey? Uh, so Jason Mackey reported that okay. Johan Oviedo. Uh, apparently has uh, what pain in his right elbow. Also, they discussed and Tommy John like isn't off the table. Like they've discussed Tommy John. We don't know how severe this is, but that's been discussed. So it doesn't sound too good. But yeah, this is this is kind of big because this is the big problem that the Pirates had coming into this offseason going into 2024 was the fact that they needed like three pitchers. Probably need three pitchers. They had a two-man rotation to end the year, right? And now they might need four. Jim, silence. Yeah, silence. yeah. No. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we we talked about this is big news, right? And and it's, I I and Neil wrote a really good article about how it's big news, but it also it's kind of damning to the current state of this rebuild as to how big of news that this is, right? Um, going into going into next year, the Pirates had two major league arms they could rely on going into the rotation, you know, going into this offseason. And now you've got one. And losing somebody like Johan Oviedo shouldn't be crippling to a team any team because I mean, let's, let's be real like he's a good pitcher like he's a major league starter but he's, he's like a number four you lose a number four starter it shouldn't it shouldn't throw up like red alert red alert right and that's kind of where we're now at with the pirates because you're now sitting with one capable rotation arm on your on your roster you've got a lot of what ifs Right, a lot of what ifs, but you've got it. You've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> like you got, yeah, Paul. Shout here, out to Paul. Firearms. But no, you've got a lot of work to do this off season, and they had a lot of work to do to begin with, and now they've just got even more work to do, right? And it's also just adding on to the what ifs. Like you've got you you've got to rely now on one of these what ifs to pan out. Like if Luis Ortiz doesn't pan out. If Rowanzi Contreras doesn't pan out, if Quinn Priester doesn't pan out, if Bailey Falter doesn't pan out, which he probably isn't, right? But if we keep going down this list and none of those guys pan out, you're still going to acquire at least two starting pitchers this offseason. That was the original plan. You're probably going to acquire a third, but it's going to be like, like he's not going to excite anybody. It's just going to be some guy with an with a functioning arm, basically. And then you're left with another rotation spot that you need to get filled with one of those guys and 
you can't trust any of them. And and we're going into 2024 and the expectation is 2024 we're going to compete and we're going to be good. Like that that's the expectation. And right now I don't see how it's going to happen. Tyler. And it's ugly right now. Coming into this year, we like Jim said, we're looking at maybe adding two arms. Now, I really do think if the Pirates are looking to compete next year, you're looking at four arms that you really have to add, or you're really counting on some guys that are very much unproven. I think it gives a little bit of an opportunity to some of the arms that we've talked about a lot of times, but at the same time, it's they're in a bad spot right now pitching-wise. And Jim already mentioned the new article. It really is more damning on the Pirates that they're in this position right now. Losing a Johan Oviedo shouldn't be that big of a deal. It should be like last year when they lost JT Brubaker. It was, uh, okay, that sucks, but those innings would have mattered. Next year, you're going into a year where you're hoping to compete. Now, there's a lot of work to be done, man. Yeah, and like, I think the reason this hurts a little bit more than JT Brubaker issue, I mean, obviously the, the lack of depth, right? I mean, that's, we're aware of that, right? But Oviedo has some upside. You know, we're talking about him as a number four pitcher, but there was a lot of stuff that we liked about him. You know, you say number four because that's that's what you're comfortable with, but he could outperform that. You know, and that and that's why you look at next year and say like you could compete because if you get another legit starter, and you already have Mitch Keller, Skeens is coming. If Oviedo, Oviedo can take that step, like that could be four actually like really good pitchers. You know, so like that's why it hurts some more too, is because you looked at Oviedo as like a four number four, like you you plan that way to be safe. You build a rotation around that, but he could play up and be even better. You know, so you're looking to compete. There's your rotation to compete with. Now that he's out, I mean, damn the depth. We already know that's a problem, but you're you're losing actual upside that is going to be hard to find in free agency as well. Like you have to pay for that. You had that already on your roster. So like that's why it hurts a little more to me, but also like you're saying, it is this like we're into year five right now in this in this rebuild. And right, Tyler and Jim, it is a problem that Johan Oviedo is going to have possible Tommy John surgery this year because there's nothing else to there's nothing else to finish it. You have one pitcher, and it's Mitch Keller, a holdover. Who took you 37 years to figure out? So are you are you sure they're gonna figure out the rest of the guys also? Like that's why it's such a problem. You have Mitch Keller. There is not one pitcher from the Charrington era that's that you're penciling in with the most erasable whatever ink, not charcoal. <laughs> Where they use pencil graphite? I don't even remember these days. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you just can't. It's Mitch Keller, and I don't know. Yeah, and, and it's it's disappointing because you have a lot of high hopes for next year. 
And I, I think I think you'll you'll gain some depth around midseason, right? Because you will have Bru Brubaker will be hopefully back mid year. Um, you'll have Mike Burrows back like mid year. Uh, Paul Skeens hopefully ready mid year. Jared Jones hopefully ready soon. So you like you've got these guys, but like none of those guys I just named should you count on for anything right. next year. Like none of them. I I really like Jared Jones. I really like Paul Skeens. I think JT Brubaker is a fine depth pitching option in the major leagues, but coming off of Tommy John surgery, those two guys are going to be making their major league de- major league debuts. Like you can't count on any of those guys. So if you if your goal is truly to compete in 2024, all those guys we just named, you shouldn't be counting on them. Those are guys where, hey, you know what? If they come in and they impress you, then maybe they like they, those are all guys who need to play their way into the rotation. And the only way that's going to happen is if you go out there and you find four guys. <laughs> and I yeah. just don't see it happening. Don't see it happening. Um, they can maybe get creative and trade for somebody. They can, they can go out there and sign some free agents. But we're already seeing like the big boys who are going to spend a lot of money. They all want starting pitching this offseason too. So like good luck trying to find trying to fill that rotation with any top five starting pitcher out there. Like they're gone. Just just write them off. Maybe even stretch it to like top ten. Those guys are all going to get paid a lot of money because there's a need for pitchers like that. Um and the Pirates haven't really shown the ability or the the want to invest in starting pitching like that. Like we haven't seen, when was the last time we saw a multi-year deal to a starting pitcher Was it in free agency <sighs> in free agency? Let's just say free agency. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Trying well, to he think. was technically a free agent then, right? Was it Liriano? I mean, technically? Yeah. He was. Liriano got like a two year deal or they something. Just re-signed three as a three year 39, right? Yeah. But well, like he had been there for two years. Yeah, so right, but like technically he was a free agent, but yeah, that's still like, like that's we're talking it. about way back then. Yeah, right. like I mean, we haven't seen Ben Sherrington has not signed a starting pitcher to more than a one year deal. I don't think. No. So you're now going into territory where, like, if you want one of these good starting pitchers, you've got to do that. Yeah. You, you mentioned earlier, like, there's a reason. And this was just in our group chat, but we sign these one year deal, one year deal, one year deals. Pitchers only get one year deals if they're bad. Good pitchers. Can you get say that a little louder, Jim? You kind of <laughs> yeah. Pitchers get one-year deals because they're bad. Good pitchers get multi-year deals because there's a lot of teams who want them. If you want to be good next year, you're going to have to dish out multi-year deals to pitchers, and we haven't seen them do it yet. I don't know if they're willing to do it. They they have they're capable of doing it. It's just a matter of are they going to actually make the investment, right? Yeah, I, I th- I'm actually fully with you there, Jim. But I think, aside from maybe one or two pieces that they would add in, in the starting pitching market, I think the other part of it is that they have to actually call some of these minor league guys up. Like a Jared Jones, he has to be in your opening day rotation. Paul Skeens probably... If he's, he's ready, though. I know, ahead. but but like... Going with a Jared Jones instead of a flyer out there. Maybe that's the option. Maybe going with a Thomas Harrington instead of some other option out there that's 
probably bad and just rolling with like a three-man rotation. I'm just saying, maybe that's the answer at this point when you cannot afford any of these guys out there instead of signing some guy that's been DFA 18,000 times. Maybe we just go ahead and ride it out with some of these younger guys that might not work out, but at some point you got to figure it out. I wanted to punch you through this camera. Yeah, go for We're it. saying can't afford. It's not so much can't afford, not it's willing can't to. can't afford, I'm sorry. I, they I know, I know, I know. I just, again, we've talked so much lately about the mindset of Pyre fans. You can't. If, if you want to, to do something, you can, you can do it. If you need Eduardo Rodriguez, you can do it. You just simply do it, right? That's the need, starting pitching. So if you want to finagle and work things out in like first base or something, like maybe that's where you can do that at. But it's not starting pitching. Now, to your point, I mean, maybe on those pitchers, like maybe, but man, that's tough. You know, it especially is. like you're, you're eating up a 40-man spot on them right now. Here, here, okay. So here's my counter to you, Tyler, in saying all that, right? You saw the rash of pitchers get called up from the minor leagues to the majors this year. What did they do? Not so, how confident any. are you that Jared Jones, Harrington, whomever it is on top of those pitchers, are going to do anything but be six ERA guys? Did any of them have the profile Jared Jones does? I would argue absolutely not. Maybe Quinn Priester, but we saw the velo drop. What about Ortiz? What about Rowan Z? I, you know what? I just always forget that Rowan Z exists as a human being anymore because That's I feel like we've all him. just written them off completely. We've gone in a year's time to Rowan Z day to he's getting DFA. <laughs> like I, I legitimately forget that that guy exists. So you're proving my point even more. No, you're right. That's that's kind of the problem. We've seen these pitchers. Like, there's a lot of Contr- promise, and we'll talk Contreras about Contreras is also out of options, by the way. Like, he's got to either be on the team next year or he's you're done. <laughs> and like, would you put Rowanzi Contreras on the 2024 Pirates right now? I think you have to, though. With what this roster is, you have to. And I forgot about him five minutes ago. And he had a 6.59 ERA last year. I you're know, saying he like, has to be on this team. What else is there? He was, he was awful. And, and that's, bad. You just look at this 40-man roster, and you're looking at these pitchers, and you're like, they just have too many number eight starters like they're all like number eight starters they're like guys who you're like you know what you can have a spot start when three guys get hurt sure i mean osvaldo Beto. osvaldo Beto is about if if osvaldo Beto gets carried on the 40-man roster throughout this entire offseason i'm gonna lose my damn mind um but you've got him you've got thomas hatch is still on this team Andre Jackson, who like the stuff's fine and, and doses, but like Andre Jackson can't start on a competitive major league team. Let me stop you there because I want to, since we're at it, so I want to bring up. Do you have more faith in Andre Jackson though than Quinn Priester, Rowan Z, Luis Ortiz? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I probably so you're, do. you're kind of like, yeah, probably. And that's like, that's how bad it is right now. Yeah. Right. Now continue. 
<laughs> Bailey Falter. Like Max Cranick's on this team still. Like why is Max Cranick still here? <laughs> he had like one you... opening like first start that was okay. But like, it was actually like this really good, but... this 40 man roster of pitchers, like the bullpen, the the actual bullpen, like the guys you would rely on to pitch the sixth, seventh, and eighth, the ninth innings, right? They look good. That's the strength of this team, of, of this pitching staff. Everything else is just a mess. It is a mess. You just up and down this whole roster. You you're going into next year trying to win games and Osvaldo Beto is currently occupying a roster spot. And like right now, if you were to make a starting rotation with what the Pirates have, don't do it. Osvaldo Beto might be in it. Like that's that's where we're at. And we're talking about a competitive Pirates team next year. Yeah. I don't know that I'd actually sat down and thought like through my brain of what this entire roster might look out look like opening day next year. We're in bad shape, fellas. <laughs> That's like, like, okay. So back to your point, or I say back to my point, what you're talking about. It's, it's an issue. We knew the pitching was an issue. It's potentially a bigger issue now. Like, I'm sorry. And again, talking about the ability to spend the money. Ultimately, you are a professional sports team. Okay, shit happens. Injuries happen. You know what else happens? Bad management, bad development, bad ownership, bad whatever. But ultimately, you are a sports franchise. You are looking for 2024 to win, okay, to be better. How many times do we have to talk about this window about Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds? How many times do we have to talk about it? You can't just kick and extend this down the road another year. You just simply can't. You're losing too much. This Reynolds deal is going to look worse and worse and worse the more you have to rebuild or whatever. So, like, you just have to spend money. You have to invest into this team. You F this up because of all this terrible pitching we're talking about. Like, you don't have pitching here to pitch for you. So, you know what? You need to spend the money to invest into this franchise to do something with it. Otherwise, what are you doing with this organization right now? Like, what is happening here? No, there's so, like, Denar, just sorry. There's okay. an honest to God like question that needs to be asked of if you're going to do this, Brian Reynolds should have been traded. Brian Hayes should have been traded. If you are not, because let's be honest, he has met, Ben Sherrington has missed on starting pitching time and time again. And going into this year, which should be at the very least, since we've started this podcast really and started the post game shows. 2024 has been the year. At this point, there's nothing really that we can build I mean, on here. Really 2023, but okay. But if 2023 was a hope. Yes, yes. 2024 was the year. That was Correct. it. That's the year that we see this thing come together. As of right now, and I don't want to get way too ahead of ourselves because nothing's happened in free agency. They're in no better position as a like as just the core of this franchise, the core of it. Rowanzi should be a guy. Quinn Priester should be a guy. All those number one picks should be guys. And here we are. 
we're questioning how many starting pitchers they should add. And we're saying four of them. Four starting pitchers. Four. Just to make five. You need more than five. <laughs> four. They need four starters. Yeah, and, and I am going to I guess I'm gonna nitpick a little bit of what you said. I think okay. as far as like I think Charrington deserves a little bit of credit for some of the one year deals that he's had on these starting pitchers. Like he's I think he's done a fairly okay job. Um, you know, you think of Tyler Anderson, you think of Jose Quintana, um, even Vince Velasquez before he got injured was looking like he was gonna be a very capable starting pitcher. Rich Hill was you know, fine for like he he did what you would have expected Rich Hill to do. I think he's done okay with, with those one year deals, and I'm 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 fine with like adding two more of those those guys, right? Like, go out there and find two pitchers that you like and that you think you can really turn into solid major league starters next year. But they have to go out there, and they've got to get. A good starting pitcher. And when I mean a good starting pitcher, I you know what? Yamamoto, not gonna happen. All the big boys are in on him. Um, Snell's not gonna happen. Nola's not gonna happen. But then you start getting into like Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, Eduardo Rodriguez, Marcus Stroman, like those types of guys. And I know like this is it's something the pirates have never done. They've never gone after those caliber free agents before, but they need to figure out a way to sign one of those guys. Because you can't just bring in three projects and, and and expect to be good next year. You've got to get one of those good guys. Um, thoughts on Lucas Giolito? He's he's like that next year down where I think you could bring him in on a one year deal. I'm fine with that, but like they need a good starting pitcher. Lucas Giolito could become a good starting pitcher. He's shown it in the past, but like you can't rely on Lucas Giolito. To, to to be like your number two guy. And that, that's what they need to do. They need to go out there and they need to find a number two starting pitcher. Like is, is really what they got to do. And you're going to have to spend money and you're going to have to devote years to these guys. And like when I those four guys I named, and I know it's going to be a stretch, but like they've got to figure out a way to get a Sonny Gray, a Jordan Montgomery, an Eduardo mm-hmm. Rodriguez, or a Marcus Stroman. That's who they got to get. Flaherty, Giolito, um, Seth Lugo, Michael Walker, Kyle Gibson, right? Like those are your one-year deal guys that you hope that you can bring back to their glory days, right? But you it's need like a guy. Two. You need a guy that you can rely on. And there's only a handful of those guys out there that I think the Pirates can can even touch. Like I don't, and and, and like I'm being realistic, the Pirates aren't going to even be able to sign Aaron Nola, right? Someone's going to want Aaron Nola more and pay him more money. Aaron Nola's going to get paid over $100 million this offseason. If the Pirates want him, they will get outbid, no matter what. Um, but that next tier, they got to find a way to get one of those guys. And it's going to take a four-year, $80 million deal to do it. Can I just interject real quick? I think you want to say yeah. something, Tyler. But I just wanted to say something, because my my issue with that Kudos to Ben Charrington. Sure. But for every Tyler Anderson, there's a Derek Holland. There's a Trevor Cahill. 
you know? So, and, and that, that's not the takeaway from Charrington. Okay. This isn't, this isn't where I'm going with that. Where I'm going with this is back to your statement that you said, Jim, pitchers that are getting one of your deals are typically bad. Now you can turn them around. You find some of that. You, you see something in, you can turn around, right? But it's still a risk. You cannot do three of those because odds are one or two aren't. And where are you at? And like Tyler Anson was good, but like not good. He was okay. You know, you're talking about a guy who had a four, three, five ERA. Like that's not the going out there and getting that guy that's going to come in there after Mitch Keller take it to the postseason. You know, it's a guy. It's a guy to fill in the rotation. You you need a number two right now. Ahead, I think I'm I think I'm just at the point where there's I don't know. I don't remember a single time as a Pirates fan that we're looking at a potentially competitive team and they've needed as much as they really do. Because starting pitcher wise, looking back at even some of those competitive teams we've seen, which is maybe like three or four, but even then we're looking at maybe one arm you need to add. You had three, four guys that you know are going to eat some innings. This year, we're talking about one guy that you can go in next year and think that guy is going to throw you 190, 200 innings if he's healthy, praying for it. Next year, they legitimately need two to three arms. And not just arms. They need arms. Add the vow. They're in a bad spot. I don't know how else to put it. They're not in a good spot right now. I mean, just to give you an example, like in 2009, the, the Pirates lost 99 games. Yeah, they sucked. And they went into that season with Zach Duke, Paul Mahalan, Charlie Morton, and Ian Snell, like all lined up in their rotation. I would rather have those four guys than, than where the Pirates are sitting right now. I would rather have three of them. the starting rotation of the 2009-99 lost Pirates than what we're currently sitting with. Now, there's plenty of time to fix that. Like the Pirates are going to go and they have to go out there and get those guys. But I, I keep going back. Like they've got to sign, they've got to actually sign a good starting pitcher this season. These one-year deals where you're just hoping to get lightning in a bottle, like one more time out of a guy, it's not going to cut out, cut it. Like get a couple of those, but you've got to get one that you can count on to give you 150 good innings. I'm with Jim. You have to get one of them, and then like you can maybe hope to catch lightning in a bottle with another one, but like an Eduardo Rodriguez, you have to at least get him, and then maybe go get like a. I I don't even want to say like a Frankie Montes or like a. Good lord, guy from the A's that was there for a while, and I'm forgetting his name. Manaya, yeah. Good lord, brain's not working, but. You need a guy like that. You need an Eduardo Rodriguez. Can I flip the script a little bit here? Because I think what this actually does, and call me out if I'm wrong, right? But you guys do. I don't have to tell you that. But I think we're so focused on free agency. And to be honest, I think the real answer doesn't come that way. I think what it does is you have to do what we've talked about in free agency. Like you have to do this now. Like Eduardo Rodriguez has to be zoned in where before it's like, 
maybe hopefully you get him and another guy, but maybe they go and like two guys at a tier under. I feel like you have to go that route. But knowing that you're going to lose Oviedo for a year and like the type of pitcher that he is, right? But he's probably going to be back the following year, especially if he's going under the knife now. Like I can see 2025 opening day, he should be ready, right? Granted, it's the very beginning of this offseason that he's probably going in for surgery. So we should be ready like opening day 2025, you would imagine, or at least close to it. There's already a plethora of prospects. We know they're not great, but there's a plethora. Should like Ben Charrington not be looking at the trade market for maybe guys on expiring deals one year? And I'm just saying some names here right now, right? But some of the talks was, I think, yesterday. The Rays are interested in potentially trading in Tyler Glass now, right? I don't know if there's any interest here. But speaking of guys that the Pirates have had, isn't there a pitch with the Mets with one year deal left that the Pirates had not too long ago that got Oviedo on this deal or on this team? You know, like, should maybe the Pirates be exploring the trade market to get a quality pitcher, give up some of that prospect capital they've acquired over the years, not worry so much about the money, and then still target free agency the way we've been talking about, but truly tackle it in that manner? Yeah, I mean it, that's that's the outside of the box thinking here where you can you can do this, right? And you look at the teams who are maybe looking to shed payroll or they're going to go into starting a rebuild. And there's there's a handful of those teams out there. You mentioned like Jose Quintana being you never you didn't say his name, but that's who you were referring to. Right. Um so you got Jose Quintana out there. Um you know, you look at a team like I don't know, the the Padres don't really have anybody. That that I think would fit that mold, um, but let's, you look at Mil- let's get a reunion back with Musgrove. I'll take that. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think that's gonna happen. Years, just, but... You know, they haven't walked up and all that. Um, but I mean, you look in the division, and like maybe maybe the Brewers are looking to move Corbin Burns, and I don't know if the Pirates want to give up what Corbin Burns would be would be worth. But yeah, there's there's definitely a handful of teams out there with guys like that. The Royals too, like. I don't know. Like, do you like that? When we brought this name up last year, like is, is, is Brady singer or someone that you, that you maybe, you know, check in on. Seen. They're not interested at all in trading him, by the way, which, you know, but, whatever, yes, but that would certainly and, be. And, and again, like Brady singer doesn't knock your socks off by any means, but you know, he, he's, he's a major league pitcher who can throw innings essentially. Um, but it, it's going to be tough. I, I think the trade market is definitely an avenue to explore. But I think we've also seen that, Ben Sherrington hasn't really shown the creativity to add that much to the major league team through trades. Um, I, I, I bring it up a lot, but like it still annoys me that the Marlins got Jake Berger at the deadline for a 24-year-old crappy double-A pitcher. Like, are you telling me we couldn't have done that? Like, and then yeah, we wouldn't have to, ha- we would be, we would be having no conversations right now about, you know, who's going to hurt, who's going to be our first baseman next year. It would be Jake Berger, right? We, he's coming off a 30 homer season. Like it's things like that, where I, I just don't trust Sherrington to make the move. Like I, I don't trust him to actually be able to do it, pull it off. Cause he hasn't, he hasn't shown it yet. I think Jim's definitely on the right track there where. It's an unfortunate situation. I think we're all on the same page that we feel like the best route of adding starting pitching is going to be through the trade market. 
if you look at the free agent market, I don't, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of these guys, but like the, the Eduardo Rodriguez go down the list. It's probably not going to fit with the pirates. The, the market's really going to be there and start in trades and all of the prospect capital has been acquired over the last how many years? Way too long. I just, I'm with Jim. I just don't feel like it's going to happen. He hasn't shown me that he's willing to improve the major league roster through trade. Here's where I go and say I'll give some of the benefits out. He hasn't really needed to, you know, like he hasn't been in a position to prove it, like prove to us that he can do it because they've been in full rebuild mode. They have never left that mentality. They've never been like, let's improve the roster for the most part. So he hasn't been able to give us a reason to see that he can do it because he's never, he's never wanted to do it. You know what I mean? He couldn't do it in Boston. He well, didn't okay. do it in Boston. Well, that's fair. He's freaking terrible. And he, he, but he definitely at, tried. Any rate, people can learn and grow, guys. But at any rate, um, I'm not saying I have faith in it either, you know. But I'm what I'm gonna say is like here at least, he hasn't been able to do that yet. So I don't know if it's gonna happen either, right? Like the burger one just <sighs> irritated the hell out of me as well. But at any rate. I don't know, man. It's it's tough, you know. And again, like the whole thing about this Oviedo situation is the fact that he is a number four starter. And look at the tone of this show right now over potentially losing a one singular pitcher who's a number four starter, and what that does for your twenty twenty four outlook on a team that says we are going to compete. Uh, I do, and it's kind of on topic, right? Talking about Charrington, so I wanted to go back to a comment question that was asked. So young pitchers are hard. Do you think we're in this situation because Oviedo pitched too many innings? Are you worried about Jared Jones for that same reason? We never really talked about like him being injured and our thoughts on that, right? I'll kind of kick it off. I don't think anyone up here or any fan can be confident that the two-man rotation, I'll, I'll word it that way, was the reason he's injured or had nothing to do with him being injured, right? No one is here is confident and can say this is the definitive reason he's injured. Where I'm coming from at this is having the two-man rotation was dumb. You guys, you have all walks of life, right? When you do something that's kind of outside the box, right? When you do something that everyone looks at and says it's dumb, pretty much a lot of thinking is, I don't like it, but go ahead and do it, but it better work. Because if it doesn't work, you're being held accountable for it, right? This looks dumb, but if you want to play, I'm smarter than you, then it just has to work. And that's where I'm at. I don't know if because there's a two-man rotation, that's why he's injured. But having a two-man rotation was dumb. And right now, 50% of your rotation is potentially having Tommy John surgery. Do you want to go Jim or do you want me to go? No, you can go. It was baseball malpractice, what they did. And they have gotten away with it for far too long. It was about time that something happened here. 
Everything Ben Sherrington did after the trade deadline was an absolute nightmare. And we're, we can look at the innings that Oviedo threw this year. And I understand that it was maybe like 50, 60 innings more than he threw last year when you include the minor leagues. That's not the point. The point is that he was forced to throw innings that he should have never had to throw. He was forced to throw in games when they were getting killed and he didn't have it, obviously. And he had to go out there and try to eat innings for a team because his general manager decided he was going to do nothing to add to this organization. And he was just going to leave him out there because Derek Schultz was left out there with nothing else to put on the mound because the GM decided I'm not giving you anything else. Plain and simple. That was it. Ben Sherrington set him up to fail, whether it worked or not. And Johan Oviedo might've had Tommy Johnny either way. And we don't know if he's going to have it yet or not, but he might've got hurt either way. There's been way too many spots since Ben Sherrington has taken over that we can look at and say, that's really bad by the organization. We watched it two years ago when they tossed Mitch Keller out there through a 90 miles an hour. And we talked about it after the game that that was absolutely horrendous because they had nothing else to throw. He's done it way too often. He's left this manager with nothing. And I'm not a Derek Sheldon defender either, but he's given him nothing to deal with. And he's leaving this organization with nothing in the future because he has no idea what he's freaking doing. Yeah, I took that a little far at the end. I'm sorry. Well, you brought up, um, you know, you brought up just like malpractice and putting people in a position to fail. And I feel like this is just a conversation we've had way too many times. And it's not just with Oviedo. It, it's with Keller. Like Keller was in the same boat as Oviedo this year where there were a lot of games, like, like you mentioned, that Keller probably shouldn't have pitched five, six innings, but he had to, right? They just, he just simply had to. Um, and you can go with the position players as well and see like, I mean, they're, we're playing rookies out of position and positions they've never played before. Uh, and you know, you're getting every day at bats to players who really should just be platoon guys. Like there's a lot of examples here of just not putting your players in a position to succeed. Um, and, and, we're now in this 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 spot where all these mistakes have culminated into we're now in we're going into year five right year five of this this rebuild and i i i sent it out on twitter yesterday or the day before but like i don't have confidence that the 2024 pirates are going to be better than the 2023 pirates and that's a problem. Like we, the, the 2024 pirates should be better than the 2023 pirates. Um, but right now I can't say that that's going to be the case. They can even go out there and sign four guys. And I still don't know if that's going to be the case because there's still so many what ifs with this team. Um, and the fact that there's this many what ifs going into year five is just, it's, it's not good. It's not good. And then, if Ben Sherrington is somehow able to pull this off and I, I'm like, I'll, I'm going to give him like, I will, I'm going to say it right now. 
if Baron, if Ben Sherrington is somehow able to pull it off and build a contender in 2024, Ben Sherrington, I will defend you. I will defend you for a while because I don't know how you do it. I, I don't know how you're going to do it. And if you do it, kudos to you. Like, hell of a job. That's that's where I'm sitting at right now. If he's somehow able to do this, and the 2024 Pirates, and and when I say contender, like they're they're in the playoff hunt, the last series of the year. If that's the case next year, I will be surprised. I will be shocked. And you know what, Ben Sherrington, I will thank you for just doing a hell of a job. I won't because he set this up. He's the reason oh. they're not in contention. Oh, look. no, no. But I'm actually with you. Yeah, I would probably right. like. I you know what he he's not that bad. If he's able to pull it off, it's like a double edged sword. If yeah. he can pull it off, yeah. He, I'm fully so prepared thankful. to argue both sides. Well, that's what I'm getting at. I'll, I'll be so thankful, of course. But you're you're sense, getting at I'm both sides. So dirty thanking him because, right? You're the reason that we're here. So I don't know, man. I'm with you though too. Like it's. I'm not confident. That's that's a good way of putting it. I'm not confident. I'm hopeful. And I can, you know, we've talked about this again. You can see a path of this team being good, but it takes a lot of things clicking. When you when you're in year four and like all the development comes to the major leagues, right? All the prospects come up, and here's your future. And the only people you can talk about is Carmen Majinski and Jared Triolo. That hurts. That stings. So, like when you're now looking to 2024. It's all shout out to Creed. What ifs? That's all it is. You know, well, if, if this guy hits, if this guy does that, or what if this person does it? What if this, then yeah, yeah, you can be a good team. And what if they sign four major league free agents to a, the starting rotation? And you know what I mean? Like it's all these what ifs to get there. You have like three knowns on a 26 man roster. That's tough. I can that? see a path. But there's no confidence in that path now. And again, this Oviedo news, it gets you there. There's just so much to ask it, right, man? So much. Like, and how you start, how, how, how we aren't very used to uh, that many things going right. No, like, we had three years of everything going right. And even are then, we used we to this many things going wrong, though? Like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Okay. No, yeah. Like every You're single right. prospect has failed. Yeah. We, we, we like, I think between like 1994 and 2005, we had like one first round pick that <laughs> turned into a major league player. Like, he just won the Cy Young tonight for the Yankees. <laughs> no, like really, though. Like every single thing they've done has turned out poorly. Right. I know. Yeah, the only know, thing we have to hang our hats on is a Cabrian Hayes half of a season where he turned into a league average hitter. And what if he can sustain that in 2024? Yeah. The other thing we have, well, there's three things. I'm sorry. Cabrian Hayes second half turning into a league average hitter. Brian Reynolds being an above average baseball player. And, what if his wife doesn't get pregnant this year and he's good all year. And lastly, O'Neill Cruz just, like the athleticism, that's it. That's all we got. And what if he can play a whole year and doesn't break yeah. his ankle? Like, what if he comes back and he's actually still the same athlete he was? What if? 
the Pirates need to be going to Brian Reynolds this offseason and saying, you need a vasectomy. <laughs> we have nothing, man. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry we've got... We're 48 minutes in. <laughs> what if that was in his contract? We don't know it. Do you think that might have been worked in? Because there's all kinds of stuff in people's contracts that, you know, are like revealed. What if it was like, all right, what if that was the hassle this entire time? <laughs> what if it wasn't the dollars at all? It was the vasectomy. That's what it was. That's why he requested the trade. Yeah. <laughs> right. We are. And then every other team was like, no, I mean, we're on board with that. <laughs> we're not going to sign you long term either. I really hate the fact that I do this podcast because we're now 49 minutes in and I am less confident in the Pirates than I have ever been. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And we're talking about vasectomies. That's where we're at now. <laughs> That's why nobody ever should listen to us. It's not. I don't know how this gets worked out because if I'm looking back at 2019, they might've been in a better spot then. I don't think there's an argument there. Like I think <laughs> you, you end the 2019 season going into that off season, feeling better about the 2020 pirates. than then I feel right now about the 2024 pirates. If you hang on to them all. Yeah. And and go into offseason the same mentality, build upon it. Yeah, absolutely. Damn, that puts perspective on us right now. Like that's hardcore perspective right now. If it was coming off of that year, heading to free agency with the intention to build, not tear down. I mean, guys, even look at last year, coming into this year. There is at least hope with some of these guys. O'Neill Cruz, a full season with him. Andy Henry, we've now had a year with them, and we're probably less confident than we've ever been. Now, granted, like I do want to pump the brakes a little bit because like they are prospects, right? But again, like the thing is, it was every prospect. Like that's the problem. There wasn't like one where you can say, okay. These guys, hopefully they pick up. It was literally every prospect but Jared Chiola, which you didn't expect anything out of. We really pissed off Tyler with that comment. <laughs> Just say where and, Tyler go. <laughs> Carmen Majinski. <laughs> that, 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 those can't be the two prospects that did something. And, and again, like Jared Chiola was like, well, he was actually, well, I guess no. I mean, two war of that time. So that was really good. But anyways, like those can't be the guys. Like It wasn't like, okay, well, at least Henry Davis hit. But the defense wasn't there. Like every prospect was just terrible. Like not even average. They were just terrible. And that's why it's just like heading into this year, you can't count, you can't count on anything. Tyler left us. <laughs> he got sick and tired of this. <laughs> he was like, he's been, Yeah. <laughs> he's been threatening us his entire Once, I feel like for two years now about leaving the show. And I think he just did. Once he came to the realization that the Pirates were in a better spot going into 2020 than we are right now, he uh, he he peaced out. All right. Well, NS9 after Tyler officially starts now. He's no longer part of the show. He has left us. So, Jim, do we still want to talk about this? Uh, I mean, we spent 52 minutes talking all gloom, doom, and we gloom. Have a whole- Let's. Rest of the yeah, what else? What else we got to talk about? Let's let's move on. 
again, like a lot of quick hits, right? Just just some news and note. I guess Tyler's decided to come back and grace us. The internet is present slide it was gonna cut out for a minute. Your internet get Tommy John? Must have been charged and traded for it. Okay, so we're gonna move past that, Tyler. We're gonna talk about all the other quick hits and such. Um, so I guess the one quickly, right? As I did say earlier and screwed it up, was that on the the actual take or the pre the pre-show that didn't exist? Anyways, the pirates did sign. They should hired Justin Horowitz as their director of amateur scouting. Comes from the Red Sox. I mean, nobody knows really anything about him. Like, and I'll probably tell you this: if you're getting any information on him and you're making a decision on him based on what those people are telling you, they probably don't know shit about him either. Um, so, like, I don't think we're gonna, gonna like talk about him in that sense. But like, do you guys make anything out of this? I guess to add nuance to that, um, I don't say how long. I can't say how long. Anyways, Joe Delacari has been in that position, and he is going to stay in the organization. So it's not as if like. They're firing him. So uh, there's that little bit of info, too. Yeah, so uh, Kenny wrote a blog article about this signing. So if you haven't uh, checked that out, do so. And he breaks it down. Like uh, there's some there's some tweets in here from. Uh, from Alex Spear says uh, Horowitz has been a critical member of the Red Sox scouting team for years. He tabbed Jaron Duran as a seventh rounder in 2018 and was a significant part of the team's process with first rounders, Marcelo Meyer uh, and Mikey Romero. I don't really know how hard it was to scout and draft, uh, you know, Marcelo uh, Meyer, who was the you know, Marcelo Mayer, who was the number one rated number one or number two prospect heading into the draft. And you drafted him fourth overall. I don't really know how much credit I give to him for that one. Um, Jaron Duran, I guess, is a, is a good find in the seventh round, sure, but I don't have an opinion on this guy. I'm not going to have an opinion on this guy probably until 2026. So good luck to him. I hope he does well. Yeah. By all accounts, he was he was he was very uh he was he was he was a very well liked member of the Boston front office. I guess to give a little thought more to it, other than what I really want to say is that the Mike Tomlin, we do not care. Because that's really just what I want to say about this whole thing. Is that I guess it's not a bad thing for the Pirates to add some outside perspective because by most accounts, I think the scouting department has remained the same since the Neil Huntington era, which seemed to not be good. Actually, that might not be right. Scouting department might not have been bad, but the development department was not good. Either way, yeah, it's not hard to, hard to tell, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. This organization's been a shit show for way too long. Either way, I guess no complaints about adding an outside voice. Maybe just a little bit more thought process to everybody. Ben Sherrington might trust him. Maybe it's I don't I don't know, man. Mike Tomlin, we do not care. Like <laughs> I try I try to figure out a way to say this, but I don't care. 
It doesn't matter. I'm with Jim. 2026, I'll worry about him. I'll probably never say his name again. Whatever. Yeah, we never said the dude's name before he replaced. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. This I, is so what I guess happens I'll in say, November. I'll give my apologies to Kenny when I said, if you're listening to anyone, they don't know anything about him. Like, yeah, Kenny, you did your research, but it's still like Google research, right? No one like truly knows him. You don't really know like what he did is in and out, like his daily work or anything like that. Uh, and that's again, like where it is, but that's a lot of these jobs are, you know, so you're really not going to get that insight from us or anyone really. So I guess like the way I look at this is I'm kind of interested on why, you know, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. Like they, you talk about the scouting and, and developing, right? I think so far what we've seen in the drafts, the drafts has been, we've been pretty positive on it. Like when they selected the, the players or whatever, right? So it's kind of interesting on like why they went outside of, like were they displeased with drafts? Is there another direction? You know what I mean? Like that's where I think like Ben Charrington's done his best work at is the draft. And uh, so like that's that's one thing that I'm kind of interested in. You say outside voice. Yeah, that's what I, mean, I find funny too. Outside voice, but always outside voices that Ben brings are always ones from like Toronto or Boston. So it's is it outside voices or is it yes men? So that's another thing. Like, is this just another guy that Ben's comfortable with? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's important and and you know, when you're working with people that you hire people that like you trust. Right. And so, I mean, this is probably a guy who Ben Sherrington trusts or he was referred to him by people that he trusts. Like, I think that's like, I think that's actually like a, a legit thing to uh, to have, you know, because there's a lot of there's, I mean, amateur scouting in baseball. There's a lot of amateurs out there. Right. So you're 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 all over the place. Um, ben Sherrington can't really keep tabs on all of that. He's got other stuff to do. So having someone that you can trust in that role is is key. And, and clearly, this is a guy that he's got trust in. Um, yeah, as far as the drafts go, I don't, I think we, we liked the drafts as they happened, but you can kind of look back and see, you know, did we, I think, I think we liked most of the drafts as they had, like Termar was the right picks. Yeah. We, we were good okay. with the schemes. Pick. Where I'm going here is the, that the Henry Davis pick was a little weird, but then you looked at, saw what they did the rest of the draft and you're like, okay, as a full picture, like this works. Um, and no. And then as far as the, the the Nick Gonzalez one is the like the 2020 draft is obviously the the hole right now where you're like it doesn't really look that great and maybe did we get fooled on who Nick Gonzalez was right because you know we had Eric on the show Majinski, though we had Eric on the show and and you know he said that there were people who were talking to him this whole time like hey you're you're wrong on Nick Gonzalez he's not that guy. Um, so there were people out there who were clearly Nick Gonzalez, um, you know, detractors, uh, and they and they went and they picked them. So we're also not scouts; we don't see all these guys. So you know, we we're we're making we're basically looking at Baseball America and pipeline lists. And when you draft the number four guy seventh overall, you're like, oh, I like that pick, right? That's that's kind of I mean, let's let's be real. That's kind of what 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 happens. Um, so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they have drafted all that well. I don't think we we can really say one way or another. I guess well, I'm with you, Jim. But also, I would argue that I don't know that we really like this draft. 
this one, like oh, I thought this, I thought we, this last one was bad. This one was bad. Like we like yeah. Paul Skeens. I don't think we liked anything else. I agree. Yeah. I just I want to point that part out. Yeah. No, Skeens I mean, is much we, the same thing. Like, didn't even, I mean, didn't it was, even spend all their money. It was Skeens or Cruz. I think all of us kind of led toward Cruz, but no one felt like it's Cruz or bust. They went Skeens. Happy with that. And like, no matter who you take, it's an easy call. But after that, we've all just been confused on this draft. Like, it just made no sense. Yeah, that was the point I wanted to make was. That's fair. We we did compliment a lot of the Ben Sherrington drafts, right or wrong. We're not scouts. I don't know. I'm not going out there watching it's these true. guys play baseball all the time. And honestly, a lot of that might come back to development. But either way, I think we were all on the same page that this draft was left a lot to be desired. So was that the catalyst for the signing then too? Again, that's Maybe. I'm not looking more at the person. I'm looking more at the why. I, I think the why, if I think at, at a base level, it's Ben Sherrington had people that he trusted say that this guy's ready for a step up in, in an organization. He gave him a shot. And and it's someone he can trust. That's, I think, I think the, that's yeah. I think that's it. I I, I'll make, never get his answer, but I want to dive deeper. Then I want to know why do you trust him? Is I it think, because he's going to be real with you, or is it because he's going to be on your side when you're I in think, that room? Well, we're not going to know that. We're not going to. I know, know I know. But again, I don't trust Ben Sherrington, so therefore I don't trust the reasons why he trusts people. That makes. I sense. I think. My opinion is that it's very simplistic, but Major League Baseball is a boys club. Ben mm-hmm. Sherrington hired a boy. His boy. He knows the guy. He hired one of his oh, friends. It's it's Major League Baseball. They hire their friends. That's what happens. It happens in sports. If I was a Major League Baseball GM, I would hire Tyler. Oh, we'd be so good. We would. I wouldn't so hire Donardo, though. Donardo would just be both sizing everything. Anything. I... I just want to say, Jim and I agree. I also would hire Tyler, but only so I could fire ever. Tyler because I want to That's fire true. Tyler, and I can't fire Tyler unless I hire Tyler. So I would hire him just so I could fire him. But the daughter would never trade anybody ever. It would take him like two years to do it. I'd hire Rob too. I'd hire actually. I'd hire everyone watching right now, and then we could just all make. All of our moves would be designed to make Donardo angry. That would actually be the main goal of the franchise is to just upset Donardo. I I don't know if I want to get in this. Theory, you know what? Well, that would you would probably be a good team. Then. <laughs> my theory is that Trey Chad Cole check. <laughs> if you were to make a pool somewhere of just like a thousand fans of a baseball team to manage a game, it would be about ten thousand. Like manager. No, just a thousand. Nice. Just like normal good baseball, like normal baseball minds. If you gave them a pool to make like every single move during a game, it would be better than major league manager. You know how have you ever been in like a conference room like during a meeting and, and you do like those quizzes where it's like pick A, B, C, or D yeah. and it you know pops up? What if just every single at bat there was that option and the crowd yeah. got to vote? Yeah. Every 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 time. Like, hey, it what would, are we doing here? 
I don't know, pull Johan Oviedo so it doesn't get Tommy John this upcoming offseason. You know what? With with like <laughs> sports gambling all? as rampant as it is, probably probably wouldn't work very well. But if you were to, I truthfully believe this. If you were to take the three of us, and we got to like on our phones, we got to pick every single pitch, every single decision. If we got to do that, and then we just hired like a CEO to manage the clubhouse, I bet the Pirates will be better than they were this year. Who's also making the offseason moves and acquisitions and all that? Us too, right? I haven't thought that far yet. Well, but if we're story, going, man. but if we're going game to game of who gets to make every single decision, and you just let us three vote on it, I guarantee the Pirates would have been better. At least maybe one game, but they would have been better. Like just. Maybe. We wouldn't have. We Can wouldn't we have vote? started. Like, uh, we wouldn't have started Colin Selby like six times. Exactly. I'll say this though: it's hard to get us three to like agree on something. That's why it's two out of three. We are not yes men. That's for sure. That's my argument, though. If you were to take I, I us, say that. if you take us three, and just let us vote on every single baseball, <laughs> this team would have won eighty games. I like it. We should try it one time. Yeah. Someone let us. All we would have had to have done is just not play Austin Hedges as much as they did. And oh, we yeah. would have Easy. probably we would have, up. we would have agreed yeah. on that. Yeah. That's 80 wins right there. Just That's true. That. Kenny says here, if you let Bucko Mike run, they probably win a World Series within three years. Easy money. Two. Two years. Anyways. Okay. So enough about that. Uh, what else happened? Rule five happened. I mean, we we talked time and time again. I guess the only thing to highlight on that is we were correct, obviously. Uh, so to this point, like we should just do that because we are also correct in what they would do, which was the correct move, also not protecting Jace Bowen. Um, but in doing so, it seems like Will Crow was a casualty, so that happened also. I don't think it's official yet. Like the Pirates haven't announced it, but Will Crow more or less did himself. And then Mackie like confirmed JC Mackie confirmed uh, apparently as well maybe a source of something that's going to happen. So it looks like the forty man is down to thirty eight. So that's there. And I guess going back to someone else, we talk about Rule Five. We talk about pitching. So I guess make this real quick and easy. Cal Control, Cleveland Guardians DFA'd him. Which by the way, Cleveland more or less has said and came out that they DFA'd him because they have no money. They're broke because of TV deals. Um, flyer on him. Should the, should the Pirates take him? They have one pitcher. Do you claim Cal Quantrill? No. Yeah. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be making like six and a half million dollars next year. If you want Cal Quantrill, you can probably sign him to a one year three million dollar deal. And I'm not sure if I really want him. And I don't really want Cal Con- Quantrill. Like I understand the appeal with him. You're looking at a guy that's just continuously not missed bats as his career's gone on. And worse and it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. The velocity's still there, but you got the injury concerns. There's just too many red flags there for me. I'm with you. Not for six and a half million. But I I don't know like how much I really want to like invest in him as well, because I just feel like if you're 
I don't like really want to call like a full like reclamation project per se, but if you're like, give me Severino over him every day of the year. Like I want someone who has some type of potential, not like, Hey, we fixed him. He's number five starter again. If that makes you like, right. Right. No, I'm with you. I actually have a question for you. Both of you actually. Hmm. Would you rather have Lance Lynn or Quantrill? Jim's like neither. <laughs> I know that face. Would I rather have Lance Lynn or Cal Quantrill? Because I feel like the Lance Lynns of the world are more. I would rather have Lance you know Lynn. What? I think I'm with you. I will answer that just for the innings part. You know, because here's something too. Like, it's not like Contrell's an innings eater. Like the guy hasn't pitched more than 150 innings like once. Yeah. Injured last year. Like he's 20. What? Give me 29 years old and pitched like 550 innings in his career. Like at least Lance. If Lance isn't good, he's at least giving me 170 innings yeah. this this upcoming year, which the Pirates desperately can use. So there. Speaking of which, I think Lance Lynn might actually be on the Pirates radar. Well, I think, I mean, and if you look at Lance Lynn, like the home runs was his problem last year. Yeah. And I think if you stabilize yeah. the home runs, he wasn't that bad. Like you look at his ex-FIP, his expected FIP. It was fine. What is this, right? 2014? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but but no, like I, I think this I think if, if that's the choice, if that's the choice is Cal Quantrill or Lance Lynn, it's Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn is not that far off of like being a Cy Young contender. Like it, 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 Cal, Cal Quantrill was never was never that. He's never going to be that. Um, Cal Quantrill is just trending downward and downward and downward. Lance Lynn still struck out a guy uh, right. over a guy in inning last year. And the velocity didn't really drop like, Yeah, like no, that, that's an easy easy answer. Okay, but they so, both suck. Like let's let's get real. Like, but to be honest, I think Lance Lynn might be a guy they target. I I wouldn't yeah. hate that because also the thing that worries me is Lance Lynn is of course aging, so he's getting further and further away from it. Right, he's gonna be thirty seven next year, so him. that's that's part of that, right? But like Lance Lynn, you can say if I turn him around, he could be a dude again. He was a dude, right? Like Jim said, he's not that far from like a Cy Young candidate. Like he was a good pitcher. Literally two years ago. never good. was. Like, Control's DFA'd in his prime. He's DFA'd in his prime. Yeah. What but are we doing my, here? But really, though, my, for what Control's going to command on the market or what arbitration is going to pay him, you could probably get Lance Lynn for close to that. So do that. I think do Lance that. Lynn, you're, pro- you're probably looking like a one-year – Nine to ten million dollar deal for Lance. Yeah, Lynn. and you're and like, looking at what six and a half for Cal. I don't think I don't think he's that. I like I don't. Well, first I'm off, no one's claiming him and paying him that. Yeah, like no one's paying him that money. He's he's going to go unclaimed. Yeah. No one's picking up that deal. Yeah, he'll get he'll become a free agent. And he'll get signed somewhere for half that. Yeah, just thought though, Lance Lynn. Yeah, there's my thought of the who the Pirates are going to actually go out after. Like they paid Rich Hill that money last year. Go get Lance. If you need more, I'm good. Like if Lance Lynn is like the third guy you go get, or even the second guy. Like, I, yeah. Like there has to be someone obviously better than that, right? 
but I'm fine with one of the three being Lance Lynn. I'll put yeah. that out there. I'm glad we had that moment for when they sign him. But I it's gonna be still, a great clip. Still, still don't really like him. It's gonna be a great clip though. Wait, I think Neil's on board with the uh, getting Cal, isn't he? I forget. Neil likes. Yeah, I don't know why he sucks. He's a dummy. <laughs> he's, he's See, trash. this is why like, you you can bring no, up people. Neil's that great. Yeah, Neil's great. Like I like Neil, but like no, he's a dumb. Cal Quantrill sucks. He sucks. <laughs> and I it was, like this year. Disagree. He's a dummy. This year's fall, like that he had, was the most easily predictable thing in the world. Like you could just tell that he was due to just be trash, and that's what he was. I love chance. All right. So, anyways, <laughs> to to move Sorry. on, um, I guess like the only other last like real topic, I guess per se, is I mean, Baseball America did come out. They're coming out with their top tens right now. The organizations they hit the Pirates. Uh, anything of note that you want to talk and discuss about that? I mean, obviously, Paul Skeens is number one, pitcher heavy. Tamar Johnson, number five. I guess for me to kick it off, it being pitcher heavy is is one of the things. I know that was like kind of the talk. A lot of people want mentions about it. It's it was very. I feel like there's been two cycles in this rebuild. It was hitter hitter heavy first, and like most of them have graduated, and now the pitchers are coming, which sucks. <laughs> like of course, talk about bad luck, right? Pirates, like it sucks because then the situation now where they need pitching. And they're getting a lot of it. Like the top 10 has what six or seven pitchers, but they're all just like basically hitting double A. So they're coming, but in the distant, not so distant, but in the distant future. Um, but yeah, like a lot of pitching up there, certain some talent. But number two, Bubba Chandler, I think, was the thing that stood out to me like the most. Bubba Chandler has risen. Yeah, I was a little surprised on that too. Um, I, I will say this: like, if you're if you if you take Paul Skeens out of the equation, and you say who in the Pirates organization has the most upside. I think Bubba Chandler's the answer. So, you, if you if you are making a rankings list, it kind of depends on how you're you're going to weigh that particular thing. Um, like, I think I think Bubba Chandler's upside is just through the roof. Uh, the stuff is insane. He he really hasn't been pitching that long, so there's still like like he, like he has a lot of a lot of room for improvement. Um, and he you saw what he did to finish the year. Once he got the double A, he was he was very good. He ended you know ended the his Greensboro run. He he was basically unhittable for a while there. Mm -hmm. um, so probably not where I would have put Bubba Chandler, but it's nice to see him getting that recognition because like I, I think the upside is enormous with with Bubba Chandler. Like, like potential ace for Bubba Chandler. Like, like that's that's where what he could be if he keeps progressing the way he is. Yeah, I think it's stupid. Tyler doesn't like him. No, I don't. I don't know if he makes major the major leagues. I'm giving Tyler a timeout now. I think we have it on record, but if not, definitely in the group chats. Is it because you don't like him because he's not a good athlete, a good pitcher, 
Or is it really because you don't like him because of the mullet? The mullet. These, the these kids these days, Tyler. I hate the mullet. But I also just, I don't see it, man. Like, he hasn't put really a good year together. Like, yeah, you can see the tools, but like, what has he really done? Nothing. He's been okay. He throws hard. He just doesn't do it for me. I I think he's a reliever. Really, I do think he's a reliever. That's it. I guess it, it really just comes down to what you're looking for as a prospect when you make these rankings. Baseball America is obviously looking upside there. I, I don't see it there. If I'm making a ranking, I'm going to make it more who's going to be more likely to be a very good contributor to a major league team. I don't see Bubba Chandler being the second best guy on this in this organization to be a contributor on this team. Interesting. I think I, I side more with Tyler if I'm ranking right now. Like the number two shocks me. Because I want to be more safe. Like what, what Bubba Chandler did the second half. When we talked about it time and time again on Starbucks, I felt like every week it was the Bubba Chandler talk. We were talking about the prospects because of how well he was pitching at that point in time. It seems as if he's finally figured pitching out. He went from like, I can throw a baseball really cool to, hey, I'm a pitcher. You know, and I put the bat behind me. I've got the football behind me too. Like I'm out there every day now becoming a pitcher and I've learned how to pitch. And I'm putting things together. Now that I'm putting it together, you're seeing what I can do. But it's still just like, what was it, like 10 starts, if that even, that that like really came together for? I'm still having like a lot of caution here. Like to put him above tomorrow, which tomorrow has its warts too. You know, that's the one thing about this prospect list, like after skeins, which most prospects do anyways, right? I mean, most don't hit. Um, but like tomorrow has his warts. Salamito. Like I'm Bubba Chandler has the potential, right? But Ant, is that is that who wants to go by? Anthony, whatever. Solomita, like he's been doing the damn thing for some time now and doing it well. You know, when he reached double A first, you know, he was he was above Bubba this whole time. Like I would rank him higher at this point in time. But again, like these are rankings and people's point of views. It gets all kinds of talk. I mean, it served its purpose, right? They all break down and talk about individually how they rank them is how they rank them and their perception of it. Um, but more than anything, it gets us to talk and look at baseball America. So they fulfilled their job. But um, like I said, I, I don't hate it. Like he has that potential. I'm not ready to crown him number two though yet. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't put him at number two either. I'm just I'm just saying from like an upside standpoint, that's mm-hmm. you can see why. Um you know, Solomedo slots in at fourth, which is still pretty. That's the highest we've seen him, like on on any lists. Um, Termar being below those four pitchers is a little surprising, but I guess Baseball America is just kind of looking at that hit tool now and saying, you know, where did it go? Uh, but he's also made up for it with the power. Like he's he, he's hitting the ball really far over the fence, uh, so. Yeah, it, it's it's always interesting to talk about six out of this top seven guys and the and the are pitchers. So when we talk about how 
this team is lacking pitching. You know, the good news, I guess, is that six out of the seven top prospects are pitchers. The bad news is that every pitching prospect who has come up over the last few years has been terrible. So do you hope that that trend changes? Well, this long silence tells me this show is about wrapped up. I think that's about right. Yeah. Should have been done like five minutes ago, but someone didn't hit record earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Touche. Well, let's get out of here then. Um, Yeah. So any, any last words, anything else you guys wanted to add to this? Say anything. Let's get out of here. Get to work, Ben Sherrington. Hopefully, he gives us some things to talk about. Yeah, like Sonny Kutch. Yeah. Be a good start. Because, according to Maria's Instagram, she confirms that he's out of mm. his walking boot. <laughs> if you were able to look at that picture, also. Let's get out of here. Um, so, tomorrow, Jim, you have. You have your uh, your stream, right? Are you not doing that this week? No, nah, I guess I will. Slacker. I guess I will. All right. So check Jim out at 11 o'clock. Friday at 2, we have The Clubhouse, our other new show that we're debuting this week. And then uh, we'll see you guys next week. So that's it, I guess. Bye-bye. Sucker Scouts. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.